0: You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager.
1: Hello, and welcome to All the Things, the show where we discuss all things related to God, life, and the Bible. I am Monique Dusan.
0: And I am Krista Bontrager, also known as Theology Mom. Okay, I'm glad you haven't changed. (laughs) (laughs) Since, Since a few minutes ago. Since a few minutes ago. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> and helping us on the show tonight is Bob, the official button pusher of all the things and Abby's there. She is helping with the sound and taking pictures behind the scenes and helping me monitor the chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, so you know, gotta turn on we got to turn on Facebook for a minute here. Oh, so that's okay. Let's talk amongst ourselves. Okay. All right. All right. How was your week? Uh, yeah, it was okay. Uh, got through it. <laughs> okay. yeah, work is just work is very busy. And so all right, Facebook is live. How was your week? About the same. about the same. It's busy. I'm yeah. taking a stats class.
1: Stats class. Yes. Yes, yes. All the numbers. All the numbers. Yes. So getting ready
0: uh, for grad school. Yes. I have to good. take it again because That's... it's been a long time. <laughs> Was, like, Bill Clinton president when you took it? or No. Oh, okay. uh, no, I don't think so. Huh. All right. That'd be deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, but yes. So,
0: um, if you're watching us, uh, be sure to hit the share button and share this broadcast on your social media feed. It's just a great, practical way to help support the ministry. Yeah.
1: All right. So, today we are talking... To, we've called the show All the Random Things, right? Yeah. Okay. So... Why is it random? Can you help me understand? And let's help everybody else out here understand.
0: Well, you know, part of my uh, dream for this show for several years was to do a show on kind of random things Mm -hmm. that would show how the Christian worldview has bearing on many, many facets of life and even life's little moments in how uh, there's connections between our faith and these little moments. And so we just kind of have been collecting things all week on Twitter and various social media channels, and we're just going to go through them. It's almost like a little grab bag.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I love, and I'll put it out there now, that they're all pretty positive things. There's one thing at the end that might be a little crazy. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I think everything is pretty positive, and so we're going to call it all the random positive things there it is yeah give a good spin on the end of the week
0: well and while we're in the positive mode we also want to encourage people to check out our family uh clothing store they're sponsoring the show yes uh we have a little graphic here uh family 210 and uh we're running a special just for today that if you type in the promo code theology at checkout you can get 10% off Okay. But it's just for today. Just for today. And I think we might even have a design of the week. Oh, wow. So let's see if we can flash that up there. Okay. Hold on. Let me get that going. Okay. The button pusher is working on the right button. <laughs> he needs five arms. So. All right. That's all right. Okay. So, yeah, this is one. This is one I actually just did today. Uh, greater things. Uh, take off uh, some, some popular Netflix shows people might be familiar with. Called the Stranger Things, but this is Greater Things. All right, so you can and, get and that. then read us the description there. Uh, yeah, for, uh, Greater Things let's take from uh, John fourteen twelve, uh, where Jesus says, "Truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they'll do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father." So that's from John fourteen twelve. So that's where we get the phrase greater things and 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 people can go on there and kind of customize what shirt they want what style the colors and their size and so it's kind of cool and it's a great way to help support our family yeah and uh just trying to um put that out there so yeah so go check out our other designs in the shop you can even see some of abby's artwork in the shop and get a sticker or t-shirt of that as well and so again if you use the promo code theology just for tonight hey while you're while you're on the show go over there use the promo code theology yep. at checkout you can get 10%
1: off Yes that's awesome and Talk about last week a little bit. We had Jane Pantig on from Ratio Christi Ministries, and they are an outreach and evangelistic ministry to college campuses. So check that out. Um, She's talking about her ministry and the worldview of college students right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of great wisdom there on reaching Gen Z. So people that have kids in high school, college, um, what I call the emerging generation, that's Gen Z and just trying to reach them, but also having a vision to reach our kids' friends when they're coming yeah. over to the house, hanging out with us. Don't underestimate your impact that you can have on those people. So
1: One of the best things that I liked um, about what she was saying was... Just be normal. Just have a conversation. Like you don't have to quote 17 Bible verses and, you know, analyze the whole, you know, Old Testament. Yeah. Just have a conversation and let that conversation be an opening to something more. So yeah, catch the replay.
0: Yeah, definitely catch the replay on YouTube or on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play and Spotify. There it is. So, all right, let's get into it. Oh, and also join us on the chat box if you... Want to ask a question on God, the Bible? Or real life. Uh, go with Not the... that God and the Bible aren't real
1: life. <laughs> That's what we're going to try to show through <laughs> the randomness today. <laughs> real life applicable. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, just jump in and yeah. chime in whether it's about what we're talking about or not. It's, oh, I see our friend Juwad
0: is there. Hello, brother. And our friend Annette is hello. online. line. Yes. So, Juwad, we missed you. We have. Yes. Hello. We always enjoy it. When and you're hello, there. Annette. Thanks for chiming in. Yeah. So write your questions there, and we'll try to field those as we're as we're able. All right, you ready for the first random thing? I am ready. Okay. I am ready. Bob's gonna get it up here. I am. Yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So we're gonna play this. Yes. <laughs> do you know how much I love this? I can do it. How old do you think she is? Two. I did it myself. <laughs> Come on, dad. <laughs> so what was your thought when you first saw this?
1: My thought when I first saw this was, wow, what a good reflection of the father, Oh, of our heavenly father. Oh, tell me more about that. Um, Because you the, picked this one. There are a lot of things that I think like Look it, I can do it. I can do it all by myself. Oh my gosh, I really did it. And if I really were to take a step back, I'd be like, wow, God's grace is so good. Look at him walking with me and taking me step by step. Here I am thinking I'm hula hooping. He's just (laughs) moving the hula hoop for me, making me look good. (laughs) You know, it it takes a lot of God or, you know, to make me look good. And so, I mean, he just, he got it. You know, here I am thinking, I got my hula hoop going. (laughs) No, he's like, oh, honey child, if you only knew. <laughs> so that's the first thing I thought about. I think the second thing I thought about was just I love the the father-daughter relationship. Um, it's so different than the mother-daughter relationship at yeah. times or yeah. even throughout, you
0: know, all of life. But, Which is such an yeah. ironic comment coming from the both of us yes. and living in such father poverty. Yes. And not having an active father in our life uh, as children. Um I think it's, it's so interesting because my immediate thought when I saw that is, is what a beautiful picture of what an earthly father Mm -hmm. ought to do. It's like just kind of standing there in the gap, seeing the kid, having a good time. And, you know, I just, I just love the picture of that, but it always brings up like a little bit of sadness for me Mm -hmm. when I see those pictures, because I'm it brings up my own loss mm. of what hasn't been there for me, but how much my husband has been such a champion for our kids. So, yeah. but I think I like your idea better. <laughs> it's a little happier.
1: I don't know. I just, I'm, as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, look, that, that could be me. That would be me as a little girl, just thinking I'm doing my big things, just shaking, shaking, shaking. <laughs> and really in reality, if he wasn't there, yeah, the hula hoop would really just be on the ground. Like if, he, if God wasn't there, this project, this aspect of my life yeah. would really just be on the ground. Let's yeah. just be honest. Can we have a moment of honesty?
0: And, oh, I took an opportunity before
1: the show to... She's getting it too, boy. She just gone get it. <laughs> she got to turn around and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's when you got to move your arms and be like, oh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Right before the show, I looked up actually some statistics statistics about black dads, because I think that they're highly underrated. Yes. Um, there's a study from 2013 um, from the center for disease control, which is a government entity that I think had some interesting statistics that black fathers were 70% more likely to have cared for their children, bathed, dressed, diapered and helped their children use the bathroom in comparison to white or Hispanic fathers. Mm. And I think that that's a wonderful, like counter example to how much we see absentee fathers in our culture and kind of going against the narrative of of black fathers. So I just love that. I just pulled that out. You can tell me later since you're the statistics gal, whether I
1: no, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love um, the, 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 the view of black fathers in the home. And because what you hear or see on TV would be, quite the opposite in a lot of movies it would be the opposite um and now uh, when i read that or when i see that video it's heartwarming yeah you know because i know my black experience was different yeah and so and i know a lot of other um black families whose experience is different but that doesn't mean that the fathers who are staying aren't quality yeah and they really are quality they I are know they're really trying to Fathers. Make a
0: difference in their mm-hmm. lives, maybe because of they they had father scarcity. Yeah, and,
1: and many of them not only um, are making a difference in their own family, but choosing to go out and make a difference in other families where fathers are absent too. So very
0: cool. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for the for the next the next yes. clip? Here we go. Okay.
1: Good morning. Oh, well, I love her. So yesterday I went to school and I wore my hair in an afro like this, and a lot of people had a lot of mean things to say about it. So that made me feel some type of way. So yesterday when I came home, I told my mom and she said, promise, don't forget who you are and whose you are. And I said, okay. So today I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna come back bigger and better. And don't allow anyone steal your joy. Don't give them that much power. I am, promise, Mia more Sawyers. All right. I'm going to go ahead and applaud that girl. Go on, girl. Go on. Promise. Promise. I love her
0: name. Yes. It's so prophetic. Mm -hmm. I think that's
1: awesome. It reminds me of um, living in South Africa. And the girls would wear their, like, girls who attended more predominantly white schools would wear their hair natural and would come back with so much just criticism. And, I mean, it went all the way into the news and things like that. Like I'm just wearing it, how it comes out of my scalp. <laughs> well, let's talk about that you know? a minute. Cause
0: I actually picked this clip mm-hmm. and I, I love a good Afro. I'm yes. just going to put that yeah. out there. Yes, you do. Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> she requested quite a bit.
0: Yes. Yes. So she, I got it tonight, but it's a, it's a little
1: peculiar, but you know, we, we'll live with it for today.
0: <laughs> but I think that a lot of white people don't understand the issue of black hair and wearing it natural, we're just going through our world, like spending 10, 15 minutes on our hair. You know, yes. that's, that's my reality. Other women, other white women, I'm sure like they got the long hair, they're curling it, they're doing a lot, but there, there's a, there's, um, I think it would be helpful to give us some insight into some of the things that go through your mind as a black woman. I mean, cause you told me once you went to a job interview Last year, and you were very concerned about how you were gonna wear your hair. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why is this such a stressful thing? You know, and there was a lot of, there's a lot happening there was up here. There's a lot
1: happening. Yes. I mean, first of all, like all black hair is different. So some, you know, it's kinky and really tight. And I say like lamb's wool. <laughs> um, and then there are some where it's really fine coils or, you know, curls and things like that. It, it just, just like it white runs hair runs the gamut. Yes. Yeah. But what I tend to to see in like job interviews or in um, the like I feel like the corporate America is that and I, I feel like the tide is kind of changing, but there is this don't come to work with your hair like this. Or your like hair, Promise. Yes, or like Promise. Your hair needs to be straight. It needs to look a certain way. It needs to be neat. Now, I'm like, my hair is neat. There's nothing that's like straight, like moving over to your desk <laughs> about my hair. There is, my hair doesn't have like flies hanging around it or nothing <laughs> like that. So what is wrong with me wearing my hair the way that it came out of my scalp given to me by God? You know, but you'll find a lot of criticism and critique about hair in you know in the workplace and things like that. So when I go to a job interview, um, I think before I moved home, my hair would always be straight if I, or pulled back or something like that. And when I went to a job interview, last yeah, it was last year, wow. yeah, um, I actually wore it in a fro, and that was okay. That's what I did. And I was, I think I was really, um, I was really, what's the, what's the good, what's the word for it? I was really okay. blessed, I'll say, heart warmed by the fact that there weren't comments or strange looks. Um, and I think it helped me grow in my confidence a little bit. So.
0: Well, I like I said, I love a good afro. Yeah. But I, I never knew the pressure that, some black women feel about their hair yeah. and that it does create a bit of um i don't know is it insecurity uh,
1: insecurity of- but then also it's everything that else that goes around it like to get my hair straight is a whole process that's Hours.
0: ours yes well, i mean more- one, one time since you've been here you went and you paid like over a hundred dollars yes. to get it straightened because you for have a few to weeks. have special magical unicorn skills <laughs> to
1: straighten it, and then you know, and to straighten it so that it's not damaged. Yeah. Um, but if I want to, like, even just conditioning my hair, is an all-day process because I need to deep it condition is. it, and so then I need to have all kind of. Berries. I call it juices and berries. I have to have my juices and berries, people. <laughs> it's it's quite an endeavor. Like the other day, I was blow drying my hair, and you were like, "Oh no, there's steam. Like there's smoke. There's smoke coming off. out of your yes, hair, Monique. I, turn off the hair dryer." I said, "That's how I know it's working and
0: effective." No. And I said, "No, if it, if there's smoke coming out of my hair dryer, I'm going to throw it in the trash." <laughs>
1: no, no. So yeah, hair is is a thing that definitely could talk about for a long time. But so yeah.
0: That little clip of promise, she's being pretty courageous in going out there, wearing her hair like that, going to middle school. Middle school can be brutal, but I think that we need to have, one of the reasons why I picked this clip is I just think the girl, like, I just thought she was really cool. (laughs) I loved her hair. I loved her attitude. Uh, She's just going to be the person that God made her to be. Yes. And, you know, just enjoy her hair. But I thought it, was, it would also be a good tool just to talk about understanding things about our neighbor that we're not always aware of that yes. are going through their minds. Mm-hmm. And, and um, just expanding our, our knowledge in, of each other as, yes. as human beings, yes. you know. So that, that's why I picked that clip. Oh, thanks. I like that one. I just like that one. Okay, let's go to the next one. Another cute kid video. Kid video coming up. And... Oh, hold on, too many buttons to push. There we go. That's okay. There's no sound here, so you have to narrate. Okay. What are they doing? So this this uh, little teacher, I I'm what do you think? These are kindergartners.
1: Yeah, between kinder and first grade. So they come
0: They're into really their short. classroom yeah. every day, and their teacher lets them choose how they would like a greeting, a hug. They hit the wall for the picture that they want. A high five or a dance. <laughs> high five. He's picked a high five. She picked a dance. Yes. I love this. Look at him. He, he's he,
1: like, I am. I don't know. Can I have all four? I know. <laughs> he picked the dance. Oh, he getting down though. He getting down. <laughs> when, why did you like this one?
0: I liked it because it was a positive example, I thought, of. Honoring children properly, Mm -hmm. allowing them to have a voice. I think it's so often um, we as adults don't allow children to have a voice. And oftentimes, like, they can't choose everything. But I like it that there were limited choices here and they're allowed to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And um, when I look at the ministry of Jesus, he was so honoring to children, And I think that if people don't know how to properly listen to children and that, again, that's not to say that children get to make all the decisions in the family, but how to, how to honor a child properly and allow them to have a voice and allow them to, to have some say in their life, um, to honor their free will when appropriate, um, that's to follow the example of Jesus. If you don't like children on some level, you, you're, you're not following the example of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to be, I think that's part of the, the humility of the Christian life. I see so many people in seminary and they would be like, well, I'm not going to be a children's pastor. That's like so beneath me. I went to three years of seminary, you know, and I'm thinking, no, you, you have it all upside down. To to work with the children is actually like the
1: best ministry. Yeah. On
0: the, planet. the more honorable yes. position. And when people say, like, I'm too good for that, I I wonder about, you know, their level of humility. Mm. So I don't know. That's that's kind of what came to me as I watched it. I'd be curious what your thoughts are. I loved
1: that they had options and it wasn't just good morning. Come give me a hug. I don't like it when kids are mandated to hug. Like, oh, "Oh, there's so-and-so. Go give him a hug. Yeah. No. I think there should be boundaries and kids should have a choice of like, hey, I don't want this person wrapped around me. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's that's kind of my own little hang up about kids and boundaries and touch. I think that um, kids can be quite affectionate and touchy and they do that On their own anyway. So why put more pressure on them to say, hey, you should go and hug Auntie Judy or. Well, and this is an
0: issue in South African culture. The kids that you work with, like everybody, even those outside your family is either auntie or uncle. Mm -hmm. And how how does that affect the kids boundaries with people that maybe aren't even safe?
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of times adults do say, oh, go give so-and-so a hug. When I would have interns come over from. From the states, the first thing I would tell them is you don't hug my kids. You ask them, or you give a high five, you give a handshake. But until that relationship is really built and solid, and they know that they can trust you, we're going to help them develop some some of those healthy boundaries. But yeah, no, mm-mm. don't just run up and hug a kid. Mm-mm. You say no, <laughs> I say no to that.
0: Nay. I liked that. All, All right, right. So our friend Juad has a question. It's a theology question. Okay. So we're going to jump into that. Um, he says, It is well known to us that God's perfection is eternal. Considering this fact, could this eternal perfection get compromised by him um, having incarnated into a limited human body? That's a very insightful question, mm. Juad. And I'm still ever curious how you know so much about christian theology you actually seem to know more than a lot of a lot of protestant christians that i run into but uh well done with the very thoughtful question and basically what juad's asking about is um how could jesus or the second person of the trinity the son of god who has been eternal, has been eternal come into a human body And wouldn't that limit his nature? Because we say that Jesus was both fully God and fully human. And so he's asking about that. And um, we might, I don't know if Bob probably can't get this up on the screen this quickly, but if uh, a key passage to think about, Juad, is um, John 1.1, and in the beginning was the Word. word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on, and I can see Bob's pulling it up right now uh, across the room here. I'm just going to give him a minute, because he's that magical. There it is. In the beginning was the Word, and in Greek that word there is logos. In the beginning was the logos, And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And this is sort of John's discussion of who Jesus was before he became flesh. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. And then if we scroll down a little bit, it says in verse... 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so we have in this passage, a discussion of Jesus being God and then coming and coming in the flesh. But what we would say, another passage we could look at is the Philippians chapter two. And what we would say is that God didn't uh, diminish his divinity. Rather, he added a second nature. He added his humanity. And so the historic Christian position is that he's both fully God and fully human. Now, how this works out is going to be a very hard answer for Western people, Western Christians, because how this works out is what we call in theology ultimately a mystery. We don't know how this works, but what we know is to affirm both Jesus's divinity and his humanity. And we see both in operation in his life. He knows the thoughts of people. He's able to calm the storms. He's able to do things that regular humans aren't able to do, but he also is hungry and he sleeps and he has real human emotions. Uh, when his friend dies, he weeps. And so we see both of these attributes play out in Jesus in his life. That He was both fully God and fully human. And what's interesting about Jesus is that he was um, also the Holy Spirit was part of his ministry and what brought him back from the dead. And that same Holy Spirit lives in us so we are not divine in the way that jesus was divine but rather we are like it says in um, the book of corinthians we are the temple of god and so that holy spirit comes to live in us and in romans 8 it says that's the same power that rose raised jesus from the dead lives in each and every Mm -hmm. christian so i hope that helps to explain ultimately it's it is a mystery. You're asking a very profound question, but we don't, the scripture doesn't tell us exactly how that works, but we we say in Christian tradition that we've both fully affirm his humanity and his divinity. So hopefully that helps you, Juwaz. That's awesome. All right. Um, okay, I so was, we, we got some interaction here. You yes, want to go Yes, I was
1: going through all the comments all and, right. and trying to also make sure that I have my eye on listening to the the answer. Okay, so let's start a little bit back. Um, I love your hair, Monique. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it myself, personally. <laughs> but thank you. Um, Annette said people need to stop being judgy about hair. Yes, judgy McJudster Judge-ster <laughs> needs to go somewhere. Um, My black friends just wear wigs. Ha <laughs> ha!
0: yes Monique's told me it's not polite to ask a black woman about wearing her wig
1: I um I have not yet found a wig that I think really suits me um let's see I'm noticing more and more natural hair and curly hair in ads and store pictures and billboards yes that's awesome people with curly and natural hair are really making a a comeback a trend um Kimba says they called me Brillo Pad when I was a kid and guess what it never really hurt my feelings That's awesome because I think that would have hurt my feelings. It would have. Um, Kimba says, we were all ordinary kids that laughed at our differences. The offense victim culture needs to end. I can agree with that. I I think I can agree with that. Um, It all depends. There are a lot of nasty kids who don't know how to leave others alone. See, I can agree with that too. And it's like, well, you know, at what point do you say victim culture needs to end, but that just kind of allows the perpetrator to be the perpetrator? Well, and, it, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, just fuck up. I'm not, we need not victim too sure. culture
0: to end, but we also need bully culture to end. Yes. And that's where I think Jesus speaks right into that of treating others the way we want to be treated. And that is really the, the great answer to that. So
1: now it seems to be a badge of honor to be a victim. I think that there is—I don't know if it's a badge of honor, but I know that there's a lot more um, focus being put on the victim, so that people can say, "Hey, look, this is what's really going on. Let's start to speak into this." I—I um, I saw a post, and I talk about South Africa a lot, so I saw a post um, <laughs> from someone posted that someone posted in South Africa about um, rape. Rape is a huge problem in South Africa, and yeah. so this was about like. Carry, carry your keys between your fingers in case you need to, you know, defend yourself. Don't walk alone at night. Make sure you have mace, you know, all of these other things. And someone at the bottom was like, why don't we just teach men and boys not to rape? You know, so, yes, like highlight the mm. the victim and, and know like, yes, this is a problem. And how do we treat the how do we
0: empower women? How, to, do, yeah, how
1: to do fight back? Yes. Yeah. So how do you empower the woman? But then also, you know, if you are a victim of rape, what are some some techniques for healing or areas of healing for you? And then for the perpetrator, what do we do with that? Yeah, because no one really wants to be a victim. I don't think I think that goes against the way that we were created. In a sense to me, like it, I think everything about us was meant to thrive and to survive. And um, I think you can see that in a lot of the way that our brains are developed and things like that, and so um, I don't know that we were really meant to, to be victims, but that's kind of just my thought on it as I unpack it right here. Um, OK, was there any more comments?
0: Uh, they were just kind of talking back and forth there.: Awesome. Um, all right, let's go on to the next the next uh, random random thing. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Uh, I think it's two teenage girls talking to each other, and they're talking about abortion, and I'm calling this the sidewalk apologist. So here we go. What do you think
1: about abortion? I think that um, women get the choice, and that guy shouldn't get a say, because we're the ones that are having to deal with it giving birth and that the
0: pain and the responsibility of keeping the baby healthy while it's still inside of us. So I believe that if a woman isn't ready for a child, okay. and that if she doesn't want to go through the pain, that she should be allowed to do what she wants. You think it's a woman's right to choose what happens to her baby. Does that mean that she's choosing to have the baby killed? I'm using yeah. your language, you said baby. Yeah. I'm using your words. It's a baby, so what you're telling me is that it's okay to kill the, the human baby? Before it's born. Now you, you're making me think about it. Um, I guess that's what I am saying. I never really thought about it like that. When you say it, when you say it like you're killing a human baby, and make it sound more brutal, like you're killing someone that's already alive.
1: Well, I mean, if it wasn't alive, why would we need to kill it?
0: That's a good point.
1: If she's choosing to seek an end to oh, her pregnancy, isn't that killing an innocent human being?
0: It is. Oh my gosh, you completely just changed my mind. I never really thought about it like that. So, would you say you're against abortion now? Yeah. You change your mind? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. What was your name? Morgan. Morgan. Thank you. Hi. Okay. I guess what I I guess what I liked about that is, first of all, that it showed kind of peer-to-peer conversation and what a difference a peer can make mm-hmm. in someone's life. I think sometimes teenagers, and sometimes we do this in church culture, is we, we short shrift the teenagers in not equipping them for the difference that they could make in their peers' lives. And that... um because the, the gal who was running the camera, um, I, I guess I also wanted to point out how effectively she used questions. Um, she didn't try to argue with the other, the gal who was the pro-choice person. She just asked questions. That's really yeah. all she did. Is She just kind of led her down a path of stringing out like the conclusion of her thoughts. We'll have you consider where this leads. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a really good way of doing it. It wasn't confrontational. It was just challenging the, her beliefs based on using very well-placed questions. And that is a powerful apologetics technique. Um, a lot of times people will say, well, what's the, what's the argument I need to use to convince this person? That's often not the best way to go about doing apologetics, Often, the best way is a very well placed question. If you have studied a matter enough, then you know how to place those questions well to help people bring out what their beliefs are. Yeah. And to make them uncomfortable in their beliefs a little bit and to maybe cause them to think about things. Now, this was a very instantaneous change, assuming this is all like not a setup and real mm-hmm. and everything. But just these few strategic, well-placed questions caused this young gal to rethink her position. I think the third thing that struck me about this is the cultural programming that the gal who is pro-choice had. I mean, it was just, she'd repeated a lot of things that she'd probably heard in the media. And I call that cultural programming. Mm -hmm. That it's just, they just repeat these things because that's what they've heard. And then it it might only be a matter of just starting to challenge them on those things with some t- strategic questions that maybe we could really make an impact with changing people's minds. So, I don't know
1: what are your thoughts about it? Um I like that it wasn't confrontational. Um no one needed to get angry or <laughs> defensive. It was just a conversation. If she wouldn't have changed her mind, I don't know that it would have you know, been the end of the world and she would have, you know, the the interviewer would have, you know, gotten crazy or irate. Um, And I like that. I think that a lot of what we do as Christians in the beginning with people is really just start to pop some some different dialogue into their mind and some different questions. Like you said, one of the things that Jane talked about last week was that it, it was it's in relationship that um, a lot of questions get answered and a lot of thoughts get challenged and people's minds are changed in relationship. And so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm stunned and amazed and love the fact that she, you know, changed her mind there. But even if she wouldn't have that thought, that question was placed in her mind so that the next person that comes along and says, Hey, have you thought about this? It'll take her back to that And it just continues that 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 questioning.
0: Well, how many times have you and I had a conversation? We were reflecting on this recently of like how much each of us have shifted. And a lot of those conversations when we're talking about race issues like those shifts have come through strategic questions that we've asked one another. Mm -hmm. And we might not even say that in the moment but then we go away and we think about it privately and then we come back and we're like, okay, so about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's the relationship component. But I think uh, uh, people can't underestimate the power of a well-placed question. Yeah. And it, to me, that's much more effective than uh, many times than a, a direct argument. Now you have to have the direct argument in your mind. You have to know where you're trying to lead the person. Uh, so don't get me wrong. It's like there's still some studying and homework you have to do. But a, a well-placed question invites the person to think about things. And sometimes they'll ask you a question back. and You're like, whoa, I never thought about it mm-hmm. like that before. And then it sends you back yes. to, to study. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great strategy. But, yeah, I was just really liked the peer-to-peer conversation. Let's, let's empower our high school students. I really want to have a show soon with um, a friend of mine who's a youth pastor, and talking about equipping our our teenagers in in youth ministry to have these kinds of conversations yes. with with their peers, um, because what a difference could that make for reaching our culture uh, for Christ? Yes, so I agree. Okay, let's next go on to one. the to the next one. Are you guys liking this? Is this like the weirdest thing? It's good. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, I picked this one. Oh, This is Big Sister singing to her little brother who has Down syndrome. You'll figure it out here in a minute. He's singing along, living his best life.
1: A good one I loved it that's a good one that's a good oh, one. oh I loved
0: it I loved it I love everything about that um okay so here was my thought about that is first of all I love it that the big sister is sitting on the floor with her little brother just again meeting a child where he's at and and there's just something so biblical and so emulating of Jesus when when we do that and Um, The other thing that in the original tweet where I saw this video, this little boy had made the most progress in his speech therapy just by his sister singing to him and him copying her words. And um, he was he was actually making progress. And when um, you know, when you're living with somebody who's disabled, it requires patience. It requires kindness. It requires reaching into their world of what's going to be meaningful to them. And I think there's just such a beautiful picture of how we can see the image of God in another person yeah. in, in Iceland. If a child is diagnosed in the womb as having down syndrome, they abort them. Wow. And there's, they've only, they, um, I think that only now like less than 1% of the, Live births are now Down syndrome children because they're all killed through abortion. And that's a growing trend in many countries where Down syndrome is looked upon as being something not worth life. And I just love the the picture here, the this big sister just patiently sitting there, singing to her little brother, and that the image of God is in him just as much as it's in her. Yes. And that's what came to my mind when I saw this and as somebody who has somebody in their family who's developmentally disabled that's how I see my my cousin just is so beautiful that the image of God is is in her and honoring her treating her with dignity making sure she's safe because she can't take care of herself making sure that she's taken care of properly and 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 has dignity and able to go to work and to school and that she dresses nicely. And my aunt and uncle do such a good job of even dressing her stylishly. And uh, it's just, I think it's important to um, protect the disabled. Yes. And I have a message on my YouTube channel about the dignity of the disabled um, with, with this kind of thing in mind. So that's, that's just what came to me in, in that clip. I'm curious what you thought.
1: I was like, I love music therapy. I love all things that, like, dance therapy, um, yeah, or, yeah, I just, I really enjoy music and um, the healing that can come through music, so, yes, that's that was just, I was just like, oh, look, it's music bringing healing, it's music helping to bring development, it's music, yeah, there's just something about music and and the healing aspects, I think, that, um, or the healing properties that are available in music very cool So that was where my mind went i did not go to the dignity of god i'm sorry i'm a man yeah dignity man i'm you know still a work in progress people um <laughs> okay just, we got yeah. one
0: more clip here this is one monique picked and this is about a stranger i think it's gonna be self-explanatory if we listen to it a stranger who has an act of kindness
1: yes i loved it
0: towards some other strangers I had the same shoes for about nine months and the bottom of them were destroyed. Oh, so um, this young man, he he was going to buy some shoes Uh, and and- What type of shoes do you like? And he
1: said, I just want something that's comfortable. I was done. At that point, I said, okay, I'm gonna get him whatever he wants.
0: So a stranger overhears Zach and his mom saying they can only spend $20 on shoes and this stranger steps up and not only buys him shoes, but also buys him some new clothes and we walked outside and Zachary was like, mom, I can't believe he helped us. He just helped us. It's like an angel, mom. And something that I wanted to do Uh, for one time in his life. I didn't want him to worry about a price. It was simple as that.
1: Okay, I love that.
0: I love everything about this. You go
1: first. Um, I love the idea of honoring someone else. I think that many times we'll honor people for whom honor is due, and you know, this guy—the
0: important people, the popular people, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. or the people that we, yeah, the ones we dub as being honorable and this kid is just a kid and his mom is just a mom trying to make ends meet. And this guy came along and was like, you know, Hey, today is your day. And I just, I think there was something so powerful in the way that he chose to use, you know, his, his resources. Um, and I, like I was the kid who my mom was like, we got $20 for this or we can't afford shoes right now. And so, you know, just knowing what that feels like as the kid, um, and then seeing the the stranger's act of kindness, I I was just blown away. And um, yeah, I I just think that we are there's that old um, I don't know if you call it an adage or what, but blessed to be a blessing. Um, and we are. I feel like we are not meant to have all the resources that we have just to store them up, but they're to be shared. And as we share them, you know, we are blessed in return. So.
0: Yeah, I just and I love it that just even the interracial component of the story is such a it's such a twist on a cultural narrative (laughs) that black people and white people can't get along with each other. And here's this older black man coming and seeing this this white mom and her kid in the store. And I thought, man, that's what we need is more human kindness. Yes, we need less screaming on Twitter more real-world kindness, yes. more changing the narrative, more um, seeing each other uh, for the people that we really are. Uh, this mom and the son weren't looking for somebody to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just going to do the best they could with what they had and the resources that they had. I think it's such a a godly way of seeing it when we have a resource and somebody else doesn't. To share, it's such a Christian value, yeah. but to do it out of our own free will—that we're in that moment—and it's so much more meaningful when it comes from another person. And um, yeah, I just, I just loved everything, everything about that. I, I loved
1: uh, well, something you said about human kindness reminded me of a bumper sticker I saw today, and it said it was the word human kindness, um, and then under it it said be both. Be human and be kind. Mm. You know, we, we can live in a world where we are both human and kind.
0: And I think it's so sad that um, people have come to criticize kindness as if it's something it's like a liberal idea or I'm going to like fall down the slippery slope of progressive theology if I'm just kind mm-hmm. to people who are different than me. Um, no, we, we can be kind to everybody. Yeah. Even those who are far from the Lord. Yes. We ought to be kind to them. That's kindness is not a liberal progressive idea. It's a Jesus idea to treat and honor one another because we're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And that it is it says in Romans 4 that it is the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. I think kindness is a great way of leading And to lead with that and gets people's attention because we we live in a social media society that is often very unkind and uncivil. We used to have public civility as a cultural value. We don't really have that anymore. I think this is a way that Christians can really stand out from the crowd is just being kind. But let us not have our thoughts captured that this is somehow a liberal idea (laughs) this is not everyone can be kind to everyone. Yes. We don't have to agree with them politically. We don't have to agree with their lifestyle choices. We don't have to agree with their current reality of what they've sown into. Maybe they've sown into a lot of brokenness in their life. They made a lot of bad decisions. But we're going to come by and extend some kindness and try to help them get on a better path. And
1: I think that that is what will set us apart. From the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, the verse that comes to me is that we'll, we would be known by our love. Yeah. And I think that, yes, culture has hijacked the word love and it means many different things. But when we truly look at what Christ um, put as the standard of love and what's the standard of love In the gospel or even in the Old Testament, like what does love look like and how can we be that for our neighbors and who are our neighbors? You know, our neighbors just aren't the people who agree with us politically or who, you know, sit next to us in the pew or who look like us. You know, how do we extend love and kindness across the board and know that that's our stand and that's how the world will be able to tell who we are and who he is?
0: Yeah, so good. Let's go back to our comments here. Um, Annette says uh, that she was asking the question: um, "What does a a boy do that his shoes are destroyed in nine months?" He just is a boy.
1: (laughs) I have three nephews, and my my sister in law will tell you they are just boys living their best life. Well, and sometimes the
0: cheaper shoes (laughs) will go through. They they don't they don't last that long. Mm -hmm. So if you get if you can afford nicer shoes. Those tend to last to be a little more well made. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I, I can kind of um, conceive of a boy that age going through some shoes in nine months. Um, and uh, Annette also says progressives are only kind to those who agree with them. Well, sometimes I I think you know I want to stay away from like too big of a generalization. Yeah but i think we could focus on what we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. as christians and that is to extend kindness to everyone yeah so um and it is difficult sometimes to be kind to people when they're being unkind to us but i think that it's important like i said earlier to to lead with the kindness because um kindness isn't uh something that is conditional we're only kind when people are kind to us first.
1: Yeah. I think there's a Bible verse about that somewhere.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, so even the hypocrites do that. Yeah. Even hypocrites do that,
1: you know, yeah. but it, we will be, um, I think the world will be transformed and we'll be known by our love and our kindness.
0: So those are just all like such a happy, happy videos. Uh,
1: Yes. All right. Now Now let's get to the cray. (laughs) 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 Okay. Cray would be short for Crazy. Yes.
0: Okay, let's go to the next one. Our friends at Union Seminary once again.
1: You know, someone recommended that I go to Union Seminary <laughs> not too long ago, and I, I said, hmm.
0: Aren't they the ones that we did the bit about? <laughs>
1: Twitter. I just, I, yeah. yeah I Social gospel is the
0: gospel. All right, so Union Seminary, today in chapel, we confessed. And I'm going to fill in this here uh, because I read the whole string. We confessed our sins to plants. Together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer, offering them to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we too often fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? Now, see. So after they confessed, did they have a salad
1: or something? (laughs) That would probably be sacrilegious, I think. They were probably but vegans. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I guess, like, if if I was gonna confess to a plant, I'd be a meat eater and I would save the plants. But anyway, when you first showed me this, I thought it was a joke because I was like, sure it was the Babylon
0: Beer. Yeah,
1: no one is confessing to a plant. I don't even know what you would confess. Like, I ate your cousin.
0: Well, yeah. So I, I did a little digging on the Union Seminary uh, Twitter feed because they got a ton. Of questions, a lot of people poking fun at it, a lot of people disparaging it. So I'm like, okay, there has to be more to this because this is just too crazy on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some rationale here. So I, I did some more digging on their Twitter feed. And uh, there was a, a part of a class where they're they were constructing various liturgies of reconciliation. And so this was the liturgy to the plants that this class had developed. And so they were doing it in chapel. And so a liturgy is basically a, a form of worship. It's a, it's a, like a, it would be like a schedule of worship. Like it's a program. Not, a program, yes. yes. So that includes prayers and sayings and scriptures and songs. And so uh, they they were confessing, the harm that they've done to the plants and speaking of, of repentant, their repentance to their, the harm that they had done to the plants. And then there was one tweet that was connected to this one about um, the need for an intellectual framework where they could understand and relate to the plants and animals that we share the planet with. So this is like, I think one kind of one step, away from earth worship. I mean, it's not quite there, but it's definitely dancing on the border, on the boundary of that.
1: See, and you are more saved and sanctified than me. I'm trying to be as I gracious just, as I
0: can. I'm like, this is
1: two steps past crazy. <laughs> I learned the statistics about standard deviations. How far are you away from the mean? They are at. They are two steps past crazy. Um, and that's, that is me. I'm sorry. I know I need to become more holy. Um, <laughs> Not that that really is a thing, but earth worship, I can see that. But then also when I look at things like critical theory.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask I'm, you, like, that, is there any connection between this idea and critical theory? Because Union Seminary is extremely steeped in critical theory.
1: Yes, I feel like way deep down deeper than what I even understand. Um, there is there's all kind of of critical theory trapped in this. It takes reparations and reconciliation and all of that to the extreme. Biblically, I don't see anywhere where Jesus is telling us to be reconciled to the plant or to to the animal or the house, because eventually this will turn to inanimate objects. Well, yeah. So... I, I'm like, can I be, I need to be reconciled to my microphone now. I need to understand the things that I've done to the foam and how my sin has encroached on the, on the metal and the screws. I don't know, but you've I'll, misused
0: these, these materials. Yes. For your own purpose. Yes, and how selfish that is. And, and we need to decenter whiteness by dismantling the microphone.
1: Yes, because it's probably a white person who made the microphone. And, you know, so, but seriously, when you look at these things, these are young people who are being led completely away from the truth. And that is scary. It's scary that, you know, I. I go in to seminary wanting to go into seminary. I'm sure I don't think that they wanted to go into seminary originally so that they could repent to a plant, you know, but Hopefully not. this is this is where, you know, the the theology or the the doctrine of critical theory leads you.
0: Well, I think that the idea of stewardship is a biblical idea that we ought to use the Earth's resources Um and steward them properly yes. and, and, and being, and not being overly wasteful. And, and, you know, I can see that, but confession to plants. Like I don't see any biblical warrant for confessing to a non sentient being. We, we we confess our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. We confess our sins to the father mm-hmm. because we've offended him. We've sinned against him, but I can't find a biblical warrant for confessing to non-sentient beings, yes, and or even to animals, it, it's it's very peculiar.
1: Well, one of the things that I think about is um, in Genesis where Adam was put over the the things of the earth, right? Where he was given dominion. Genesis
0: one twenty eight and following.
1: Yes, thank you. He was given dominion over those things. And I don't know, and I need to probably play this out more, but I don't know that what I've been given dominion over, I need to confess to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't know that God would need to, and he's holy and without sin, so he would not confess anyway. But I don't know that I would confess to something that I have, or, yeah, that I've been placed over. I don't know. That's kind of just... What it what it strikes me as. Could be something, could be nothing.
0: Okay, so we got a few comments going here. Um Annette says she agrees with Monique there is a word that usually goes before crazy that comes to her mind. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think you might understand each other on yes. that. Yes. Um Rhyme His Songs said for the movie buffs, any recommendations on a good film that shows the gospel, the real jesus that is not lame
1: (laughs) yes rhyme his songs i don't think you were here was she here last week or he or she i'm I'm not i don't rhyme his songs i don't really know what the gender is with that one but okay um i don't i don't remember what's were they here last week i don't know because i kind of felt like i haven't seen you in a a while (laughs) maybe it's just been a week but hi i'm
0: glad (laughs) you're here so does this connect to the movie thing no
1: i was just saying i was just being friendly (laughs) we just said kindness and love okay hello
0: all right um all right i don't okay so the a movie i could think
1: of is there's one on the gospel of john yeah that was actually mentioned
0: in here um it's on youtube who knows about angus bucking
1: oh yay that do you know about Angus Buckingham? I have no idea who that is. Oh my gosh! Yes. What are we talking about? Yes. Is this a black faith thing? Faith like potatoes? No, he's a white guy oh. in South Africa, oh. and the Lord told him to rent out like a um, a huge farm, and that he was gonna send him like ten thousand people. And this guy, he's a farmer. He re- he was a re- retired farmer. Um, and what? And he he did it just out of faith. And so the church that I um, that I went to in South Africa would have him come all the time. He was there like at least once a month and just doing all kind of like things and teachings and things like that. And um, right before I left, he did a huge crusade or like outreach so is there, in the Cape Flats.
0: Is there a movie about him? Yes. Faith like oh. potatoes. OK. We're getting loud. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Go see that. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's not cheesy, but I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's okay.
0: All right. Um, I, I do like the Gospel of John. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good one if it's just about, if you're looking for just about Jesus. Case for Christ is another good one. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily share that with a non-Christian, the Case for Christ, but I mean, it's it's a pretty good film. Like for It's actually like a decent Christian film. There's... Sorry, yes, yes, rhyme a
1: song, yes, you know. Cause, okay, so M.O., he prayed for rain in that severe SA drought. I lived in that drought, yes. And yes, they got it, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you need
0: to apologize to
1: that, mic now. yeah I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I can. I confess. <laughs> no, I don't, y'all. Let's not let us not be let's too huh, uh-uh.
0: All right. Oh my word! Okay,
1: so case for Christ, you yeah. wouldn't recommend that to
0: non-believers. i yeah, non-Christian, but uh, you know, it's a good. It's actually a legitimately good movie uh, for for Christians. We all enjoyed it. I think our our children even enjoyed it. The teenager people, it was a good movie. yeah. So um, you know what movie I really liked? What
1: was the William Wilberforce
0: movie? Oh, Amazing Grace. Yes, I yeah. really
1: liked that movie. Yeah.
0: yeah. We like the, the, oh, blinds- the blind The Blind Side
1: is my most favorite movie. I can recite that whole movie from beginning we to. We can end. have
0: like a whole show about the blind
1: side. That and Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds from my previous years. Blind Side from this side of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or Jesus. <laughs> oh, I, I you know, it might be time for.
0: Okay. Are we the ready next thing. Yes. for the tweet of the week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just can't even. I can't even. Yes, there it is. There it is.
0: So like a Thanksgiving theme? I don't know what's happening there.
1: Thanksgiving's going to be here soon.
0: Okay. So the tweet of the week, since we're on the the topic of critical race theory from the... the, Critical theory. Critical theory from the the Platt confession. I dug up this tweet. So, there's a conference going on this weekend in Chicago called Liberating Evangelicalism. And it's sponsored by some group called Evangelicals for Justice. And there's a whole string. If you want to really know what critical theory looks like and what the future is for the church and where this is all going, go on that Twitter string.
1: You know, before you go on, though, okay. I want Come to back say to that. I, w- I want to talk about the, the conflicting message that I feel like is in the tweet. Oh, I don't know- Can I
0: read the tweet first? Yeah, well, <laughs>
1: okay, I'll say the subtlety, not the conflicting okay. message. But can um, I read the tweet first? Yeah, I guess you can. Sure, go ahead. Why okay. not? All right, let's go back
0: to the tweet. All right. The doctrines of inerrancy shut down our ability to look at the Bible and all its complexity and is a doctrine of whiteness. Now, I picked this tweet because I thought it was pretty indicative of what was happening at the conference as a whole, where there was a lot of restructuring and reinterpreting and using this, this critical theory framework as a lens for interpreting scripture. And I think that this is the future. I think this is where this is all heading is that they're going to quote, unquote, decenter whiteness by labeling basically every doctrine in historic Christianity as being white and then redefining all of those doctrines. So as you and I are talking about critical race theory in our YouTube series, I when I saw these tweets, I thought, okay, this is the future. This is where this is all going. They're going to systematically go through every doctrine, every one of the classical historical Christian doctrines and redefine them and decenter whiteness, and then, and then, kind of. Um, no, but um, deconstruct it, and then reconstruct it according to the critical theory framework. Okay, now you can deconstruct me.
1: Well, <laughs> I just wanted to hit on how subtle um, the issues of critical theory can be and critical race theory, evangelicals for justice. I feel like that's a group that people would join just based on the name. Like who doesn't, who wants to stand against justice?
0: Oh, sure. You know, I mean, it's such a loaded term. Well, can I, can I still be an evangelical and be for justice if I don't buy into critical theory?
1: Well, I'm not even hitting that point yet. I just think that evangelicals for justice is something that I would want to join. Like I'm an evangelical and. I want to be for justice, justice, so I'm going to join this group. That looks like a cool group. It's a cool name. And so without knowing, I would join this group and then begin to hear this type of rhetoric and think, well, this must be what I should be believing, especially if I was a new believer.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I think it's really easy to get swept up in critical theory through groups like this, because if you don't have a solid... I don't know, framework or understanding of historical theology and systematic theology, it would be very easy to get, to get swept up in this. And so somebody from a platform says, oh yeah, inerrancy, that's just another example of whiteness. It came from white theologians. And so we should decenter that and, and get rid of it. And if you're not solid on your doctrine and your history, it would be easy to be swept up in that. Mm -hmm. Like, Ephesians four talks about being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yes. That's exactly what I see that this is.
1: I would agree with that. Um, I don't, and I guess the liberating evangelicalism is liberating it, it from its colonial.
0: Yes. Colonial whiteness. Mm -hmm. That was kind of in the subtitle of the, of the conference itself.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So yeah. Shut down our, to look at the Bible. And
1: yeah, that's, that's very unfortunate, and I do believe that this is the way that progressive theology is is leading. Yeah. Um, and if you are not, like you said, steeped in the the historic Christian doctrine, if you don't know what if the church has solid believed that, yeah. for the last, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand plus years, you'll be tossed to and fro.
0: Yeah. I think that when I saw this, a little light bulb went on for me and I'm like, okay, I I think I know where all of this is going. And there are not a lot of people in the apologetics realm right now who are talking about critical race theory. That's the biggest problem. And I see that as a huge problem. I mean, you and I are sitting here behind a couple of microphones with a couple of yahoos just saying like, Let's stop the train a little bit mm-hmm. and ask some questions. The, the, but you have people just rushing into this. And
1: To me, and I've said this before, the biggest problem that I see in the church is that we are. And again, this might sound harsh, but a step behind the culture. We're a step behind in understanding just how influential this message is. In the church. And, and in Christian with, colleges.
0: Yes. yes um, and, and ministries. I mean, I'm seeing it in formerly mainstream. Uh, this week I read something about Moody Bible College being inundated with this. But not not stepping in and not
1: understanding how this is inundating those spheres continues to allow people to rush in with the information. Yeah. With the wrong doctrine. Um, Kimba says, just started reading the rise of theological liberalism. Would this come under
0: under this? Under this? I don't know that book.
1: I mean, Neither I do I. Book. Yeah. But um, I could. I would guess so. Um. I mean. But I'm Google not sure.
0: Faster. Um.
1: This hasn't arrived in Ohio, Annette. I'd probably be willing to bet that it has, and yeah. it may just not show up the way that. People are looking for it too, um, but I yeah I think that this this dialogue is pretty rampant.
0: Okay, so looking at this the description of this book of the rise of theological liberalism on kin on uh, Amazon, it looks like it's a discussion of the um, influx of liberalism into the Wesleyan or the Methodist church, which has been undergoing a split about liberalism for almost 100 years Mm. but it's it's continuing to escalate so i don't know it could be but trust me annette this stuff is everywhere yes it is critical theory and critical race theory is being platformed in some of the most mainstream and conservative on paper seminaries ministries churches that they still have a doctrinal statement that resembles historic Christianity, but they are platforming speakers um, that are advocating for critical theory and critical race theory ideas. Be sure to go check out my blog post recently, which was uh, kind of a crash course on critical race theory. This is all new for you, but trust me, you have encountered this, and, and even if it hasn't yet arrived at your particular church, it, it is where you live, and Monique and I uh, just did a video this week on what the Bible has to say about slavery. And I want to encourage people to go check that video out because you need to arm yourself and equip yourself. Now Mm -hmm. you don't want to wait until this is in your church. You need to know what the terms are and what it looks like now so that when your pastor starts making tweets by certain people or having small groups, read certain books, or sponsoring certain kind of classes, you can know like, okay, this may or may not be motivated by critical race theory. It, it might not be, but it might be.
1: I believe the university of Ohio has a, a critical race theory major.
0: Oh, um, I'm sure. I, I'm pretty sure I was
1: um, just trying to double check right now, but the students that attend Ohio university are not just, you know, secular students, but they are also Christian students and that, framework work and that thought process is then taken back into the church.
0: But even if it hasn't reached your church yet, Annette, um, it's good to arm yourself now because Mm -hmm. especially if you have kids to be in that conversation, but women's groups, women's Bible studies, mops groups, they're all being inundated with critical theory and critical race theory. So here's a quick screen cap of our latest video that Monique and I did just this week on slavery and the Bible um, It's a shorter video. it's only about 25 minutes but we just kind of do a survey of some of the the critical issues related to slavery and the Bible and I'm thinking, Kimba says
1: um, I'm thinking you really want to watch that slavery video Yes, you really want to watch it and
0: we'll probably do another one Well, we, we're trying to do like on average like one a week um, but if you want to have Monique, And I come to your church and do a presentation or three about critical race theory. Hit us up. Um, We're getting a dog and pony show together to be able to talk to people about this. We're going to be presenting it at the Women in Apologetics Conference in January, but we're definitely looking for other venues to help continue these conversations.
1: I also have um, a thought that just came to my mind. I really don't know what I could possibly be opening the door to. But if you have questions about race, email us at attlivestream at gmail.com. If you if there's a video you would like to see about, you know, questions on something regarding race or critical race theory or critical theory, um, Email us and let us know and we will begin working on all of that and see how we can answer those questions and put, you know, if, if it's a video, put a video together about it or answer some of the questions on the show. You can remain anonymous, but um, it's important to get those answers out there so that you can understand exactly what the the lingo sounds like because it comes very subtly yeah. evangelicals for justice i want to be for justice i am all about justice it's in your dna it is it, it really is <laughs> yeah. but do you understand what justice means according to critical
0: theory or according to scripture yes yeah. Uh, both yeah so yes okay well once again i think that's a wrap on this sh- the random show it really could be <laughs> all right making sure annette says will you come to ohio Yes, we'd be open definitely. to. Death. Ohio
1: is. I've been to Ohio. It's beautiful and green, but in the wintertime, it takes your breath away cold.
0: Monique Ooh. loves the snow, so be sure yeah, to no. invite her in the winter.
1: <laughs> I would come for that.
0: Yes, I have a big, okay. big poofy
1: coat. So,
0: <laughs> once so. Okay, so again, it's time to go. Right? That's right. <laughs> Let's uh, remind people um, there's still a few hours of today left. So if people want to go on our family's clothing shop, they can go to you know the link there family210 and use the promo code theology and you can save 10% off your order. Go yes. check out our and here's our design of the week which uh, is oh never mind. No, I can hold on. Okay. Hold on. Buy a
1: shirt for you and a sweater for someone else, especially if you're in Ohio. <laughs> Because it's cold. So there's Well, our, not yet, maybe.
0: Here's our design of the week. Greater the, things. Greater things based on uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 12. But lots and lots of styles there. And you pick and customize your own color and hoodie. Yeah, it's awesome. Tank, whatever you're into. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes for every week. You can go to TheologyMom.com backslash all the things. And you can dig deeper for... Um, Additional resources that we post there. And also make sure to share the show. Yes, share it. Hit the share button. That's the best way to help support us, help us grow the show. Yes. Share, like, notify, all the things. All things. All righty. Thank you, everyone. All right. We'll get that next week. All right. So also connect with us. Uh, you can go to podcast, Spotify, Google Play, um, the other one. Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google. Spotify. That's three, three. That's it. All right, guys. All right, we are out of here. Bye.